today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Make no mistake about it, the world is watching us to see how we treat other people. And they're watching us very closely. The Apostle Paul says that we are living epistles. You know what he means by that? It means our lives are like letters that people read. They read the letters of our Christian lives. I wonder, what do they read in the letter of my life? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. Whether you like it or not, the world is watching to see how you live, and they see this by reading you like a book. As you listen to today's message with Pastor J.D., ask yourself this question. When people read the book of my life, what are they reading? Do the pages of my life reflect the love of Jesus Christ? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 5 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's get into the Word. 1 Timothy chapter 5. We're going to pick it up in verse 1. And Lord, will He make it through to verse 16? The Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit and says to Timothy, verse 1, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But, verse 4, if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. Yeah. Okay. Verse 5. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. In other words, she's dead inside if she's living for that. Verse 7, give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the Lord's people, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. As for younger widows, verse 11, 
do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus, they bring judgment on themselves, because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, verse 13, they get into the habit of being idle, and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. So I counsel younger widows to marry, to have children, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, verse 15, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her care, she should continue to help them and not let the church be burdened with them, so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. I think this is self-explanatory. We can just close in prayer. (laughs) No? So I want to talk with you today about how we treat one another. And more importantly, how serious how we treat one another is in the sight of the Lord. So much so that Scripture is replete with passage after passage concerning our loving one another and being kind to each other. I think about Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. It was so serious what they were doing and how they were treating, I should say really mistreating one another, that it actually, literally, cost some of the Corinthian Christians their lives. That's how serious God takes it. Jesus said that how we treat others will be the litmus test by which people will know whether or not we are His disciples. It'll be by our love, one for another. Make no mistake about it, The world is watching us to see how we treat other people. And they're watching us very closely. The Apostle Paul says that we are living epistles. You know what he means by that? It means our lives are like letters that people read. They read the letters of our Christian lives. I wonder, what do they read in the letter of my life? Do they see me as a loving person in the way that I treat other people? Well, the text that we have before us today, specifically as it relates to Timothy as a young pastor, is very detailed concerning how to treat people. Older people, younger people, men, women, within the context of a church. And it seems that Timothy's really dealing with some big problems (laughs) and some problem people. 
Oh, every church has problems. Not you. You guys are, wow. I'm talking about other churches. Just terrible, horrible people problems. It's been said that if you want a problem-free church, you need a people-free church. I'm sure you've heard it said, you know, uh, you know how I'm looking for the perfect church. Really? Well, don't join this church or don't come to this church because you'll ruin it. (laughs) I mean, after all, what is the church? It's made up of sinners. The church is a hospital for sinners, not a showroom for saints. We're all sinners. Are you kidding me? Well, anyway, I think you get the point. So I'm preparing and praying about teaching this passage today. I sense that the Lord would have me to talk about specifically how it is that we treat other people, how we behave towards others in our treatment of others, especially those in our family and our church family. I found four, you might find more, but the first one is in verses 1 and 2, and it's be, key word by the way, be respectful. I think of what we affectionately refer to as the Beatitudes. Have you noticed they're not do attitudes? No, they're be attitudes. I know it's a play on words, but this is what we be, not what we do. This is how we are, and this is how we are to be. Be respectful. Show some respect, as we would say in our day. Now here, Paul is telling Timothy not to lash out or be harsh with an older man, but instead treat him as you would, with respect, your own father. And then he goes further. He goes on to instruct Timothy to treat younger men as brothers, older women as you would mothers, and here we go, younger women as sisters, with absolute purity. Oh, you guys, listen, um, my dear sisters in Christ, can you just give me a minute? I need to talk to the men. Oh, we have to be so careful in how we treat women. You understand that she is God's daughter. That should be a game changer right there. Hey, I have a daughter. You, you, I also have an application. I've talked to my daughter about this. Um, We're preparing it now in advance. She's only 13, but you know, when she starts dating, if the Lord tarries at age 40, uh, I'm going to have a, (laughs) I'm going to have an application to date my daughter. 
Uh, it's quite lengthy. It's actually, I'll have it in a PDF, a fillable PDF. You can do it online. It's about 50 pages in length. number of questions on that uh, application, one of which will be, do you like hunting? <laughs> Are you afraid of guns? That's my daughter. Don't mistreat my daughter. You will be in grave danger. <laughs> and I'm an earthly father. I'll never forget when my daughter came home from school. This is when she was very young, and she's crying. I'm like, what happened? She said, they were mean to me. I'm like, who? Where do they live? <laughs> I will find them. <laughs> and when I do, how about our Heavenly Father? That's His daughter. And by the way, that's your sister in Christ. Think about that. And you're going to treat them like that? You know what the common denominator with everything that Paul says here in this list in verses 1 and 2 is, is be respectful. Show respect. Especially to those who are older than us. And that's the problem, right? For those of us who are older, we always talk about this, lament about this. Lament such a spiritual word for complaining. That's the word I use because it, it sounds holy. You know, oh, he's lamenting. No, I'm complaining. I'm complaining about the generation, these kids these days. No respect for their elders. And we know the reason why, right? Young people, when they look at someone older <laughs> who has more experience, they don't see them as somebody they can learn from. And there's no respect. You know, this is actually a cultural dynamic in the Middle East to this day. I'll never forget growing up as a little boy. My father, when he would walk into the room, everybody, all of my Arab family would stand up out of respect because he was the elder. Nothing special about him, but because he was the elder. That's how they treat the elders you know, and by the way, in Hawaii, if I'm not mistaken, there's a, a lot of this here too when it comes to the elders and the Hawaiian culture. There's a respect for the elders. This is Leviticus 19, verse 32, by the way. Stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. Here's the problem. When you're young, you think you know everything, and that those older than you don't have a clue. It was Mark Twain who humorously quipped, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> A lot of truth to that, right? Now, it should be noted that when we get to verse 20 here in this chapter, Timothy is actually instructed to rebuke. 
an elder who is in sin. Now I point this out because there are times when not only are we to rebuke someone, but also we're to rebuke them publicly. Paul addresses this with Titus as well. In Titus chapter 2 verse 15, he tells him to encourage and rebuke with all authority and to not let anyone despise you for it. Proverbs 27, 6. I've been talking about this a lot lately, especially in our Thursday night study through the book of Ecclesiastes. It's to me probably one of the most disregarded and dismissed verses in all of the Bible. It says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. In other words, if you're my friend, you'll tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear, even if it will hurt me. Well, I I want you to like me, so I'm not going to rebuke you. I'm not going to confront you. I don't want you to block me on Facebook. So that's not love. You're not my friend. In fact, you're my enemy. Because see, an enemy will only tell me what I want to hear, but refuse to tell me what I need to hear. I need to hear the truth. And you know what I'm finding is initially when somebody tells you the truth, and always speak the truth in love, because you love, you always want to have your words seasoned with grace. And it's not so much what you say, it's how you say what you say. Be gentle, be respectful, be kind, be loving. I think about in Galatians chapter 6 when Paul's writing about trying to restore a brother who's been caught in a sin, he says, do so gently. And then watch yourself, lest you yourself be tempted as well. But restore him gently, respectfully, lovingly, kindly. So you always want to be loving, but when you speak the truth in love, it might be resented initially, but eventually it'll be received. And conversely, it works both ways. When somebody just kind of flatters you and tells you what you want to hear, you're kind of like, wow, thank you so much. What else did you notice about me? Go ahead, tell me. Reminds me of that story when somebody's just going on and on and on, talking about themselves, and finally they stop. And they say, you know, enough about me talking about me. You talk about me. (laughs) So it's all about me. You know the unholy trinity? Me, myself, and I. It's all about me. So initially you might appreciate somebody flattering you and telling you what you want to hear, but I assure you, eventually you will resent it. Why didn't you tell me the truth? Why didn't you risk the relationship and speak truth into my life. You must not really care about me. You must care about yourself only. That's not love. That's self-love. If you really love me, you will speak truth to me, even though it will wound me. That means you love me. 
I know my wife really loves me a lot. <laughs> Every day, all day. Man, she loves me. She really loves me. I'm so loved. I shared this on Thursday night. I think maybe it's apropos to share again. Years ago on the mainland, there was a situation with two brothers in Christ. And the one brother who really loved and cared about the other brother risked the relationship and confronted him and rebuked him in love. And he knew, he counted the cost, he knew it would probably cost the relationship, the friendship, at least initially, anyway. And sure enough, he speaks the truth, he's respectful, the other brother doesn't receive it. In fact, the polar opposite happens. I mean, it was a war. And the brother who rebuked in love this brother was, I mean, just taking the hits and beat up, and even from others who were like, wow, where's the love, man? How, how could you do that? And the guy's like, I, are, you, are you kidding me? I, 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 I love this guy. I care about him. Someone had to say something. And then this other brother, I'll never forget this, chimed in and said, wow, you cared enough. You loved him enough to speak the truth to him. You know, I think we do err greatly. And it works again both ways. When we should be so privileged as to be on the receiving end of a loving rebuke, that means they love you. That means they care enough about you to say something to you. You know the one who is to be pitied is the one who has no one that loves him that much that's willing to risk the relationship and rebuke them. Again, the takeaway before we move on here is always, always, always be respectful. Always be respectful. I think even in our witnessing, sharing the gospel with others. I think we're so disrespectful. I think we're so disrespectful. We're gonna, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about this here in a moment. Number two, be helpful. Verses three through six. Now, what Paul says here is interesting for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that Paul is qualifying those who are really in need of help. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from First Timothy with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading. If you're not part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. This can be found on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of 1 Timothy together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of 1 Timothy on In Spirit and Truth. 